Welcome to Thoughts on Thriving, a holistic lifestyle and wellness podcast that's here to help you become the healthiest, happiest, most aligned version of yourself. I'm your host, Ava, a registered dietitian and wellness junkie. I'm so excited to have you here as I dive deep into meaningful conversations covering topics from nutrition and mental health to spirituality and self-development and everything in between with experts in many fields. I'm so happy you're choosing to learn how to thrive today. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Thoughts on Thriving. I hope you all had a very happy Thanksgiving if you celebrate and that you're having or had a great November. Can't believe it's already the last month of the year in a few days. I think today's episode is going to be a really good one for this time of year when we're trying to kind of gear up for the new year, reassess our habits, reassess our lifestyle, and see where we're at with our health and just our habits and life in general. So I have one of my best friends, Allie Rosen, back on the show today. She has been on Thoughts on Thriving before, so if you want to go ahead and listen to our first episode together, that is episode 26, and we talked all about mental health, which we also talk about today and get a little bit deeper into that conversation specifically on the topic of anxiety today, but that first episode, we talk about mental health and nutrition, letting go of hustle culture, a lot of different things, recovering from eating disorders, so that was a really great episode, but I had Ali come back on the show for a little bit of a different conversation. We're talking all about healthy habits and how to create a system of habits that work for you and who you want to show up as in your life. So if you are planning on setting up new habits and new resolutions for the new year, or if you're just trying to reassess your current habits and determine if they're aligned and still serving you, I think this is a really great episode to get into all of that. And we're also talking about, like I said, anxiety and how to get out of a rut. We also have a really open conversation on vanity and beauty standards and ego, and you'll see how all of this kind of relates to one another in today's episode. And we also talk about how to thrive in transitional periods of your life, which is a really important conversation that I don't think is talked about enough. Ali and I have both been in a recent transitional period in our lives, so hopefully you can relate to some of that. And there's a lot of really good tidbits and things in this episode that I hope you take away, but I don't want to spoil it. So I'll let you listen to the episode right now, but really quickly... I am really, really excited because next week there is a very exciting update and announcement coming about the podcast, so stay tuned for that. You will be seeing a little bit of a change in the podcast, that's all I'll say, and I'm really excited for the evolution of Thoughts on Thriving. So that's a little teaser on that for next week. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Allie is one of my closest friends, like I said, an amazing dietitian and just an incredible soul. And I think you're really going to enjoy hearing her perspective on things. And I hope this episode is kind of like you guys getting to listen to a chat between two girlfriends because that's what it felt like to me. So enjoy the episode. Let us know what you think. Make sure to leave a rating and review on the podcast if you haven't already. And I'll talk to you all in the next episode next week for the exciting announcement. Okay, I'm so excited to have you on, Allie, for the second time. I think you're the first guest I've had on twice, so welcome back to Thoughts on Thriving. Today, Allie and I are going to be chatting all about healthy habits, and we have 
a few things in mind to talk about. So I'm excited to get into all this with you because this is a topic that is near and dear to both my heart and your heart, I know. So before we get started, how you doing? What's what's going on with you since the last time you've been on the show? Yeah, I mean, the last time I was on the show, we were finishing our master's. So now we're done. And I'm currently working as a private practice dietitian at Well by Allie under another lovely woman named Allie. And I'm still doing some personal training on the side. And I just signed up for marathon number three. Yay. I'm doing, yeah, I'm doing Philly this year. So those are kind of those are kind of the main updates. Still living in New York City for now. And yeah. Love it. I haven't we didn't talk about your marathon. What led you to like want to do another one? I've I've become a much better runner recently and it's like really exciting me. Just I mean, I think in general I like really thrive with goals. Like I really like the idea of like working towards something and I think especially sometimes with someone who loves exercise like I do, it's kind of easy to get in this space of like exercising just because you love to exercise and doing it every day, but it's not like intentional. Like there's not necessarily a reason that you're doing your exercise every day. It's kind of just to do it. So I think training for a marathon helps me like have structure and kind of make all of my exercise intentional and like working towards something. Also, I just, I've cut a lot of time off of each marathon that I've done and I just kind of want to see if I can do it even faster this time. Oh my gosh, so exciting. And that honestly helps bring us to our first topic of setting goals, having goals and having habits in place to help us reach those goals. So that was a beautiful kind of segue into our topic for today. And I think that the first thing I wanted to talk about just in general was the importance of healthy habits. Because I think that a lot of people want to be healthy. A lot of people have the intention of living a healthy life, but they don't know how to do it. And it all comes down to what you're doing day in and day out. It doesn't matter if you do a cold plunge one day in the name of wellness. That's not going to move the needle with your health. So what is the importance of having actual habits in place? Yeah, I think like our day to day is just a culmination of habits. I think that's like what we kind of live on is our habits. We are our habits. So I think creating habits that one, make you feel good and two, are not unrealistic for you to maintain. Like you said, doing a cold plunge every day is probably not going to become a habit for the regular person. So it's kind of like creating these habits, putting them in place, creating a system in your life that allows you to kind of have easy access to these habits and repeating them and figuring out a system that makes you feel good and caters to your life and the life that you want. Like, I think your habits should be the building blocks to the life that you want to live. Mm. So I guess just in, in that way, like creating the habits that help drive you towards that life is like really the most important part of having them in the first place. And they can be really small. They don't need to be these like massive, overwhelming things that like transform you every day. I'm so glad you said that because A, having habits that actually get get you to be the person that you want to be is so important. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are just doing things to do them, not because they have a goal in mind, but because they just think that it's going to be the right thing or they saw someone else doing it online. So can you walk us through kind of how you assess 
what is going to help you become the person you want to be. Like maybe you can share some of your habits and why you do each of them to just kind of get people thinking about what is actually going to help them become the person they want to be instead of them become the person that someone is telling them they should be. Great question. Definitely something that I am working on. I want to like clarify that I don't have this down. Me too. I also (laughs) want to clarify that. It's something I'm currently actually going through is like reassessing and seeing what works and what is going to get me to where I want to go. Because I think a lot of my habits don't align. So I think step one is figuring out what aligns. And what I mean by that Shout out to Mel Robbins, Brene Brown. I love those women. Me too. They talk, yeah. They talk a lot about just like living a life according to your values rather than emotions. So I have learned recently that I unfortunately live my life according to emotions, mostly in an avoidant way. So it's like I live my life to avoid anxiety. I have pretty severe anxiety and I think I thought for a while that I was managing it when really I was just avoiding it and that's not how you manage it. And so like I was saying no to situations that would make me anxious without even considering the fact that that situation might also bring me so much joy once I got over that hump of anxiety. So I was realizing that I was doing this like every single day and it kind of like trapped me in my routine This avoiding anxiety thing has trapped me in my routine. I've realized my routine is one that is like void of anxiety and a day, a life, whatever that does not involve discomfort is not enjoyable. It's not exciting. It's you're not going to grow. So I guess my first step in this was kind of reassessing where I was at with that. It's like, why am I living my life this way. And I realize I'm living my life this way because I don't want to feel the anxiety. And what was that keeping me from doing? Growing, learning more about myself, being happy. Honestly, like you cannot be happy without discomfort. So if you never experience discomfort, it's just boring. It's just boring all the time. That's so interesting that you said that because I was going to bring that up with you because I saw your post on it and I loved that you said that you realized that you have been living your life trying to avoid anxiety. I think I've done that so many times in the past as well and still sometimes do that because I deal with anxiety too and I think that sometimes it's easier to just take the quote unquote easy way out and it's preventing you from getting you to where you want to be. So how do you Maybe if you could share an example of what is something you were doing to avoid anxiety, just so people can get a better idea of what you're talking about, that was actually not aligned with who you want to be. I think a lot of it is social Mm -hmm. because I think a lot of my anxiety is social anxiety. And I don't mean in the sense that like I get nervous talking to people because you'd meet me and you'd be like, there's no way this girl has social anxiety. Right. I mean, in the sense of like, I just think so much all the time. And so sometimes it's very difficult for me to just be present and be with people and like let myself go. So I would say no to social situations that I was like, what if I can't sleep enough? Like what if it makes me stay out too late and I can't sleep enough? What if I have to talk to this person I haven't talked to in a few years and that makes me anxious? All of that, whatever. I'll stay home again and I'll be bored, but I won't be anxious. So that's one example. I think another one for me is, which I will be talking about, especially in terms of like why I do my habits, is exercise and food. 
I find myself when I am more anxious, kind of reverting back to like, you know, we talked about in the last episode together, just that, you know, I have recovered from eating eating disorder and obviously type A personality, pretty easy to like fall back into these rigid mindsets. So I've noticed when I'm anxious, I'm like, okay, I'm going to exercise a little bit more because that relieves anxiety, but it's like, I'm not actually addressing the anxiety. I'm just kind of avoiding it by doing the thing that I know for sure helps it. And same thing with food. It's just like, maybe I'll be a little bit less likely to challenge myself with new foods or like be more creative or whatever it is. I'll just like stick to the stuff that I know. So I'm kind of like inhibiting growth by avoiding that anxiety. And while I've made like so much growth in the exercise and food world and like help people with that, I do think that it's easy to fall back on our like crutches. Of course. You know, they say like every coach needs a coach. Like we're all still learning. No one is done learning, especially going through these things. It's always just a journey, which that word is overused, but it really is a journey. And I'm so happy you brought that up with the food and exercise, because I think that a lot of people would say, well, it's better to use a coping mechanism that is going to be healthy for you, like exercise, like exercise in and of itself in a vacuum is a positive thing. So might as well use that as your coping mechanism versus let's say like drinking too much or whatever other people do, but there's always too much of a good thing too. And I think it's important to recognize that even though something is good, it doesn't mean that more is better all the time or that it's always good. So it's like, there are times where it's like, I'm stressed. I probably shouldn't go do like a high intensity workout. that's going to like boost my cortisol even more. You know, like there are times where it's not appropriate to use those healthy coping skills. Like there's times where it's actually not healthy for you. Exactly. And that's why there's so much nuance in this conversation that needs to be addressed because I think we tend to simplify and even things on social media, like these little blurbs that you see and posts that people make of these very oversimplified messages about health and nutrition and wellness. They, they can't be taken to heart because everyone is going through their own thing. And it's, it's so different at different times of our lives, at different times of us as women, our cycles, at different times of our stress levels. Like there's so many things going on that we have to take into account. It's not that exercise is bad, but it's that we have to be a little bit more cognizant of when it's going to be beneficial for us. And using that outer wisdom too, like you said, if you're stressed, you know because you've studied this and because this is a fact that your cortisol is going to go up even more if you exercise because exercise is a stress. So I think that that was a really just important point to bring up. So thank you. I also wanted to know now that we're just on the topic of anxiety and just diving a little deeper into it, what are some things that you do not even when you're anxious per se, but when you're in that sort of rut, when you don't feel like your life is in alignment, for example, or you're just not feeling good, whether it is anxiety or just generally feeling not great, like we've been talking about, what are some things that you do aside from exercise to get you out of it? Do you have any tips for the audience on that? Well, it's so funny that you said the word rut because like literally three days ago, I was like, I'm in a rut. But like, I say that every other week. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's not like, um, my point is that I think that saying that you're in a rut perpetuates being in a rut. Ooh. So like, I was kind of just thinking, 
if I wake up and I've decided that like I'm in this rut, like I've just been in this rut for two weeks and like each day I'm just still in this rut and I can't do anything about it. I am perpetuating this rut. Whereas if it's like, okay, yesterday was a little ruddy. Today, I'm not in a rut. I'm deciding that I'm not in a rut. So that's one thing that I've been doing is actually looking at mental health and the way that I feel as a daily thing. Obviously, our habits are cumulative and the way we feel and the way we think and the way we grow, it is cumulative. But in terms of being in a rut and like having heightened anxiety or like feeling not your best, that is a day to day thing. And I think if you look at it as anything else, you're doing yourself a disservice because it's like, just because I was in a pissy mood yesterday doesn't mean I'm going to wake up today and that's, that's my destiny. So acknowledging that has been really helpful, just like actually the way I view things. So I think shifting perspective is definitely one of my anxiety tips and, and it has to come out of my, my brain, my mouth some way. So like whatever is spiraling, like I need to write it down. I need to call someone. It needs to, that usually that's what it takes for me to realize, okay, I was, it's probably not that important. Like that's Mm -hmm. usually my, that's usually my outtake from a lot of my anxious thoughts. Like if I write them down, say them out loud, it's like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. It's going to be okay. Yeah. I think that putting it pen to paper, especially like speaking, I love talking through things too, but pen to paper and I've talked about this tip before it might have even been in our last episode but I like to literally write everything I'm feeling and then burn it just so that it literally clears away out of my system out of my life and consciousness so that it's like in the past it's not with me anymore and I think it's so helpful to clear all of those negative thoughts that aren't you because who we are is not our thoughts they're just coming into our minds and I think another thing I want to talk about and remind people of is that we get to choose which thoughts we focus on. I made a post about this the other day, but we literally get to choose which ones we focus on and which ones we let go. We don't get to choose what comes in and out of our minds. Don't get me wrong. And it can be really hard when you're in that rut or state of anxiety to even separate yourself from your thoughts. So I'm not saying this is easy by any means, but it is simple in the sense that you can actually choose which ones you focus on. And I think what you're talking about is exactly that. It's choosing the perspective of, I actually have a choice in this. I actually don't need to be in a rut like I'm saying I am. And you're choosing to believe that you're not in a rut. You're choosing to believe that you have a new day and that this can this day can bring anything. So I think that a lot of it has to do with our thoughts. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah. I also think just from my experience recently, I feel like I've also been in sort of a rut. And I was talking yesterday with my therapist, mentor, healer. I never know what to call him. Um, But I was talking to him yesterday and I was telling him that I, I don't feel good and I don't know why. And then through talking through it, realized that I actually do know why. And I've been getting distracted a lot. I've been allowing myself to get really distracted And my days are not aligning with what I intend to do. So I'm setting intentions for my day, but that's not how my day is actually playing out. And then I get to the end of my day and I'm like, where where the fuck did my day go? Yeah. And like, why don't I feel good? Because I started the day feeling one way and I like did not follow through with that. Exactly. So I think a lot of it is keeping your agreements too when it comes to getting out of a rut and just being disciplined because I had not been disciplined and I'm 
this is something I'm trying as of today to start working on again, which is always an up and down thing for me, my discipline, but but that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. You don't need to be disciplined all the time. You don't, no, but I no. think that I allow, I've been allowing myself to get distracted, which I don't think is okay because it's bad for my mental yeah. health. Right. You know what I right. mean? Okay. Yes. And so for me, it's trying to do better because I, I've been allowing myself to take the easy way out of like, okay, maybe I can just go on Instagram right now instead of do what I need to do. And it, for right. me, it's, it comes in the form of procrastinating and all these things. Yeah. So just being mindful of that, even it's not that I can't go on Instagram anymore or whatever it is that's totally. distracting me. It's that I have to be mindful of how I'm doing it and intentional once again yes. with what yes. I'm doing. So like even being intentional about your rest time. Exactly, which I haven't been yeah. doing. And then I feel like I don't have any rest time because right. the time that I have is spent getting distracted and that's not restful. <laughs> no, I, that I completely understand. Yeah. So I wanted to talk about this concept of reassessing your habits. And we were talking about this earlier and how we wanted to share this little exercise that you've been doing. So if you want to kind of share what it means to reassess your habits and analyze the why behind your habits, because I think we could all use a little audit of our lives and what we're doing every day to feel good and whether that's actually making us feel good or not. Totally. Yeah, I I actually did this with my mom like a week ago, who is just also very self-aware, like into all things wellness and has just helped me so much on my kind of healing and growing journey. But I kind of posed this exercise to her just because I wanted to kind of reassess why we do the things that we think are healthy for us. Because like my mom also like works out, eats well, like all of it's pretty intuitive for her. But I've been thinking a lot about this concept of ego and vanity, because I think in a lot of ways, and this is like probably going to be like a somewhat controversial little piece of this, but I think in a lot of ways, I am proud of, of not having a lot of vanity in my life. I've kind of eliminated makeup from my life. I don't know. I really ha don't purchase clothing or like materials that much. So like maybe in comparison to other people that I spend my time with, I consider myself to just like kind of care less and put less energy into my appearance. And then I was like, but that's not that true because why do I work out? And so that was kind of like what started it. That was just like my background. So I was like, why do I exercise? And so I phrased the question to my mom as, let's say you could look the exact same and like be healthy internally for the rest of your life without doing anything. Which healthy habits would you keep and which healthy habits would you change? And I think a lot of people might say like, yeah, I'm, I'm not exercising anymore. What are you kidding me? Why would mm -hmm. I do that? Whereas yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I would still exercise because I really, really enjoy it but I'd probably do it less and it'd probably be for shorter amounts of time. And yeah. it would probably just be when I feel like it. Cause I do experience a lot of mental health benefits from it. I do actually enjoy the act of doing it, but obviously there is this piece of vanity attached to it that I not, I'm not ashamed about, but I'm just like, Hmm, I would like to work on that because I really don't like the idea of putting a lot of my energy 
towards how I look because that's that's not for me. Like that's for other people. Mm. And I think I'm like, all of my habits should be about how I feel inside. I have a, a devil's advocate question. Please. That's why I was like, it's going to be controversial because it's like in some ways, like, I don't know. It's okay to care what you look like. I've been told before, and I think I stand by this, that as long as you're doing something, even if it is out of ego, like we're talking about, right, like wanting to look good through exercising, as long as the action is aligned with your soul and your loving and the, you know, the goodness, then it's okay. So for example, exercise we know is really good for our health. And if we're doing it a normal, I'm not saying like running ultra marathons, 100 milers, but Exercise in general, if we're doing it consistently, is very positive for our health in general. And so if right. we're doing it because we like the way we look from doing it, it's still getting us to exercise, right? So that's an action that's aligned with my soul and my loving. Even though I might like the way I look because I exercise and it gets me more lean or whatever it is. Right. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. So I no. wanted to share that perspective, A. And then B, I had a question for you. Do you think the part of you that thinks that's for other people, not for me, like the caring about what I look like is for other people, that's not who I am. Do you think there's a part of your ego that thinks that maybe you're better than other people for not caring about what you think? So I also had that thought. Just a question. Like I, I genuinely no. just was wondering. No, like I, 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 well. No, I'm going to take that back for a second. Because <laughs> let me just share from my perspective. I think that I used to, or I think a part of me thinks that way too, because I don't really do as much as other people do that I surround myself yeah. with. And that, I mean, obviously we're all different and we have different levels and <laughs> I still wear makeup and all these things. But sometimes I think I'm better than other people. And I'm like, oh, that actually might be ego too. Like getting my superiority complex in the way. Absolutely. And I think I subconsciously like, I don't want to say judge because I, mm -hmm. okay, but like judge, sure. I think I subconsciously judge people who like put so much energy and money into their appearance. So I guess if I'm looking at it from that way, then it's like, yeah, I guess I am like, I'm pleased that I don't do that. I don't have the money or energy to be doing that. And that's <laughs> certainly, certainly not where it's going. So yes, I guess, I guess there is a bit of ego attached to that as well. But when I like really look inward, one of my values is not how I look. It's simply not. So how I feel is a huge value. What my body can do is a huge value. The way that I present my body and my face is, is not a value. So that's kind of like what I've been trying to focus my habits on. So it's mm -hmm. like, why do I do skincare? That That is completely based on like longevity and health. I think a lot of like the topical things that I use are like, they're really important minerals for your skin. All of that feels pretty genuine. And it's not like I'm afraid of aging because what happens when I have a wrinkle on my face? Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I'm just, you have me thinking a lot because it's like, <laughs> it's all, it's all ego because it's all like how we feel and what we think deserves our energy. Mm -hmm. That's ego. 
it's like what do we think deserves our energy like what are we going to grace our energy with yeah which I don't think necessarily is always ego because if I want to put my energy toward what's going to help me be healthy abundant and happy I think that's all all loving like I don't think that any of that has any ego attached to it I think when we start to compare our path with someone else's that's where the ego comes in and I think that it's also about the intention behind these things because even doing something like putting your energy and money into how you look if it's done from a place of loving and not comparing yourself to how other people are looking and because you just genuinely really love the way you feel because of that like I know people who have gotten plastic surgery and they just really love the way they feel and it's not because they've been comparing themselves to others but it's because they just genuinely felt that they would feel better yeah and they did and I feel like that could be okay and then I know other people who have gotten plastic surgery who have done it because they were really insecure and wanted to look like this person or this person and that's definitely ego so I think looking at your own intentions like we can't tell someone else where their intentions or values are and maybe someone's value is how they look and maybe that's okay for them like maybe that is a core value for them yeah I think that it's important that you brought that up because it is really about what your values are like you said right exactly and I think I think all of this was kind of done in reflection of the fact that I was like I don't want the way that I look to drive anything that I do Mm -hmm. because I do not think that is meaningful And I think I started feeling this way more since I feel like vanity is progressing everywhere. So like everyone has easier access to different surgeries and different treatments and whatever to enhance their beauty according to these beauty standards. So therefore the beauty standards are getting even crazier and even Mm -hmm. harder to and I'm just like, I don't want to try. Like, it's yeah. like, I'm never, I've, I've shown myself my entire life that when I try to fulfill these standards, it doesn't do what I think it's going to do. You know what I mean? So That's so true. I just, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think that was maybe me trying to rebel against what's like happening, but also just like looking inward and being like, just because I have friends and we're also an age where like people are starting to you know they have their own money now they can like do Mm -hmm. what they want they're maybe starting to get like treatments and things I feel like people are already like on top of the anti-aging situation (laughs) and I'm like can we just age a little like I'm down to age a little (laughs) it's natural but yeah so I think as that's happening I've been like wait I I do not want to feel the pressure to kind of now I don't know. Again, like it's kind of like a way of me like not comparing myself. Like I'm staying in my own lane in this and I want to make sure that I'm not feeling this pressure to do these things or like maintain a certain appearance because whoever came up with these guidelines of what beauty is, it's, it's it's all silly. It's all silly. I'm rambling. Sorry. It's so true because I feel like once you get on that roller coaster of wanting to look a certain way and and adhering to the standards of beauty around us, it's really hard to get off. So I admire your discipline and ruthlessness with being like, I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to insert myself into that because you are basing it off of your experience that you know that whenever you have tried to do that, it doesn't really work in your favor. And I think that's so important too is 
looking at your own experience with all of your habits. Like what has your experience been with any of the habits you've done and any of the things that you have valued? You can look like if you're listening, you can audit your whole life essentially and look at what has worked in the past and what hasn't and use that as your guiding as, as your guidance. Because I think that a lot of the times people will go back to things that did not make them feel good before and they're just doing it now with an intention in mind that isn't aligned with what they're trying to be and who they're trying to be. Why isn't it working? Mm -hmm. And it's like, then why do you think it's going to work now? Which of course we all change and evolve and grow and maybe something that didn't work in the past will work for you. But in the general sense, it is good to use your experience as sort of that guidance. Definitely. I think just to like kind of wrap up what I was saying, I found these whys to like just taking this example of exercise. And I was like, why do I do it? Mental health, feeling good, want my body to be able to function optimally. I really care about that, like in terms of longevity and performance and just being able to do all the stuff I want. Like I want to, I want to hike mountains. So like it's important to me to be able to do that for a long period of time and looking a certain way. So when I looked at those things and I was like, okay, so those are my whys. How do I shift the action to align more so with the values? And what that kind of came out to be was just, okay, more intuitive exercise. Because I know that exercising in any way helps me mentally, helps my body function optimally, whatever. But it's when I shift it to cater towards that body ideal, that's when it kind of shifts away from my core values. Not to say that I have found any kind of way to really implement this immediately, but I think being aware of it and like trying to do all of these habits with a defined why, Mm. one, will keep you doing them. If you're trying to form new habits and you have a real why or you have a couple of really good whys, you're probably going to keep doing them. And two, it just is another step to living a more aligned life. So that's kind of like my my little summary there. Yes. I love it. Thank you for kind of closing that out. I think that that's such an important discussion for people to have with themselves and to really go inward like you did. I think that's such a great exercise that people can take away from this conversation. So thank you for sharing all of that. I think the next thing I wanted to talk about is doing all of this and aligning to your habits and adjusting your habits in times of transition. I know that's something that you talk a lot about with your clients and you even had a program on it. And I know that both of us have kind of been in a transitional phase of our lives. So we've had to shift our own habits and our own ways of doing things. So how can we start to thrive, like your program says, in transition? The first step in thriving in transition is acknowledging where you're coming from and where you're going. So say point A is where you're coming from, point B is where you're going. And it could be a new job, a new school, a new baby, like anything that really is going to shift your day in, day out. So acknowledging from point A, like what you've kind of lost, what you no longer have access to, and what you're gaining from point B. So like you can kind of collect all the things that you are losing things that you need to like transition away from and what you need to transition towards. One of the things that I found helpful with clients is like, let's say they're actually moving locations. Okay. So like what in your daily life is going to change? Let's say you no longer have 
a convenient grocery store or a convenient gym, what are we going to do? Okay, we need to transition. Like you do is working out like a key core value of yours. Sure. We need to transition your working out from being at a gym to at home because we're not going to, you're not going to start driving 30 minutes to the nearest gym. And with groceries, it's like, okay, so how can we get a little bit more creative? Maybe we do less frequent shops. Maybe we buy more food in bulk that can kind of last a really long time. Those are just like two small examples of real tangible things that would affect your daily life that it's like, okay, you need to acknowledge what you're going to be with and without so that you can actually plan for it. Because I think it's important to plan for it. Obviously, you can't, we can't predict everything. And like, sometimes I over plan. And then it's like when things don't go according to plan, you're like, oh my God, mm-hmm. like, why didn't they go according to plan? It's like, because you plan too much. Like, you can't expect everything to go the right way. But I do think a small degree of planning is very helpful. And then I think like kind of making a hierarchy of priorities. What is important to you in this transition? Let's say you just had a child. Is working out going to be a priority for you? Maybe not. Probably taking care of your child is going to be the top priority. And then like (laughs) maybe you also get to hang out with your partner for an hour a day. Kind of making a list of priorities. One, what you have to do to what's best for you, what's going to like help you flourish and actually feel good. And then three, what you can fit in. That's kind of the ranking. It's like the must, what you personally need. And then like whatever else you can squeeze in. I think something cool that I did with the clients that kind of did this thrive in transition package was personalizing their workout so that it catered to like where they were. Cause a lot of people travel over the summer and that changes your routine a lot. So I would give them a week of training because I knew that they'd have access to a gym. And then the next week I knew they were going away. So that next week would be all at home, like pretty creative, fun stuff, but shorter because I knew they were having family time and stuff like that how you want to spend your time is another big one. When you're transitioning, like the way that you're going to be spending your time is different. So like kind of looking at the time that is yours versus the time that you can't control and going from that period of time that you can control. And what am I going to fit in here? Like what must I do in this time to make me feel good? Which honestly, I think in that way, transition kind of helps you realize what's important to you. Let's say you move far away. Another thing like that helps you kind of realize who is important to you. You can't keep in touch with everyone. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, the way that you live your life, what comes with you in these transitions kind of highlights the habits and stuff that's like most important to you. And what's been working for you in the past. Yeah. Right. I love change and I love transitions because they're a really good time to add in new habits and change ones that don't work. It's a really nice reset sort of. And that's what we were talking about before we started recording is that we're both kind of going through this period where we're not in, uh, we're kind of in a limbo. We're not really somewhere yet. We're in an in-between, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that that can be very confusing and make people feel very lost, but it's also such a beautiful time because there's so many possibilities of how you can spend your time, what habits you can implement, what's going to help you be the best version of yourself in this new phase of life. And I think that it's not often that people get that opportunity. So instead of viewing it as a time of all these crazy changes happening and being annoyed that you have to uproot your life or change everything or change your habits. I think a nice little perspective shift is to be grateful for this opportunity to change things up. Yeah. 
And I definitely appreciate that perspective shift because I think when you're type A, it's pretty hard to be like, or type B, C, D, whatever. But like, just like speaking from a type A to type A person, like it's just, I think it's very hard to be like, well, where's the plan? Mm -hmm. Why don't I have a plan? Why why don't I know exactly what my next five years are going to look like? Because Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about this before. Most of our lives up until this point have kind of been like systematic. Went to preschool, went to elementary school, went to middle school, went to high school, went to college. And then me and you, we just kept going. We went to master's and now it's like, oh, okay, now I, uh, now I got to make my own decisions and I have to figure out what I actually want to do with my time. And it can be frustrating to be like, I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what I want to do. So I'm going to stay in this limbo. And like you said, try to be grateful for all of the opportunities but also it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, but I know that for us and anyone else who's going through this, I think that it's such a beautiful time of growth and I can't wait to see where we're all in a year from now and on the other side of all this. And I think that a lot of the things we talked about today are really great things to do while you're in this time of transition, whether that's you or whether you're just looking for some change in your life and you're in a routine, but you want to change a part of it, or you want to feel a different way, or you're realizing that something is out of alignment, I think that this can really help a lot of people. So I just wanted to kind of close it out. And thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing all the tips you've shared. And thank you everyone for listening. I do have rapid fire questions I ask everyone at the end. Did I ask you them last time? You asked me them last time, but like, honestly, Maybe I'll have some different answers. So should Um, we do them? Yeah, let's do it again. Okay, let's do it again. I actually don't even remember. I think I did ask you them last time, but we'll just do it again. Some of them probably have changed because I actually don't remember some of your answers. So I'm thinking maybe I had different rapid fire questions back then. Okay. Okay. First question. What is your favorite fruit? This I know I answered and it remains the same. It is in incredibly crunchy green grapes like they need to be so crunchy keep going (laughs) what's your sun sign in astrology cancer right um do you align with that i don't think we talked about that last time yes in the sense that like people always say cancers are very sensitive Mm. and i definitely am very sensitive however i i don't read much into it I've always been kind of curious about it, but it's never been like a main source of spirituality for me, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. that's how I feel. I'm not super into astrology. I just think it's fun to see what people are and if that actually manifests in the way that people say it does. Because I'm curious too. I'm like, is this real? (laughs) Okay, what is one book that changed your life that you would recommend to everyone? So that answer has changed Mm. i think that everybody should read hunger by roxanne gay it is a memoir and i don't really want to give any kind of context about it because i really think that everyone should just read it um but she talks about like a lot of like massive freaking problems in our society and her lived experience with it especially in terms of body image and fat phobia in society and i just It gave me so much perspective. I think she's such a badass. And it just like highlighted so many issues in such a raw and captivating way. Just an amazing book. Oh, I love that. I've never heard of that book. Yeah. 
and she has other things she's great love it what is oh wow this is very fitting with our topic for today what is one habit or ritual that you do every day that's a non-negotiable for you wow (laughs) a mindful breakfast I was trying to think of what I answered last time but I'm not sure yeah I think sometimes I eat distracted and I tell all of my clients do not eat distracted because you shouldn't because it's very hard to eat mindfully when you're eating distracted but it's also like Sometimes you've had a pretty tough day and you just want to watch a little TV while you have your dinner. But my breakfast is very intentional, peaceful and calm and time spent alone with maybe some music in the background, but I'm really enjoying it and enjoying my morning coffee and like waking up kind of on my own terms. I love that so much. I need to be more mindful with my breakfast because I can kind of jump into my emails or whatever it is during breakfast as like a way to be productive. But I think that that's not as productive in the long run. Yeah, I'll definitely, I actively am like emails after. Yeah. Emails before breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's something that people can look at when they're doing their little audit and see if that's serving them, which I need to do now. (laughs) And the last question is, What are your thoughts on thriving? So this podcast is called Thoughts on Thriving. So what do you think the key to thriving in this life is? I guess my current answer to that is kind of what I was talking about before. And it's just giving yourself a new chance every day. You are not yesterday. You are not three years ago. Like you are allowed to evolve every second of every day and just being okay with that. Because I, I just think if we hold ourselves to these expectations that we had of ourselves yesterday or whatever it is, we're not present and we're not really allowing ourselves to grow or experience what we're kind of meant to experience that day. I think just acknowledging like you might never have it all figured out. It's, it's you know, you just got to keep going. And that's okay. Yeah. I love that so much. And I love everything we've been talking about today. So thank you for sharing your time with me and the listeners. Allie is one of my closest friends in real life, if you didn't know. And I think I mentioned that in the intro, but if I didn't, I always feel so happy when I get to talk to you and when we get to catch up and have these conversations because I don't get to have them with every single person in my life. So absolutely not. (laughs) You are the best. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And if someone wants to find you, follow you, work with you, where can they find you, Allie? At AllieRosen.rd on Instagram. I think I'm at Allie.Rosen.rd on TikTok. Pretty similar content. TikTok might be like a little more rogue every once in a while. (laughs) But yeah. Amazing. Everyone go check Ali out on social media. She talks a lot about a lot of the stuff we chatted about today in this episode. So if you like what you heard, go check her out and I'll talk to you all in next week's episode. Bye. Bye.